All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Rebranded Athlete Podcast. I'm very excited for today's guest, Fabian Raphael. She's a business coach, speaker, podcaster, and former elite athlete, and she now helps former pro and elite athletes leverage their sports career into a successful coaching business. And wow, I wish I would have found you maybe a couple of years ago when I was starting to think about all of my coaching and turning it into a business. But Fabian, I know we had met very recently, and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me. And in fact, I have to say that when we had that first conversation with which was not even a week ago. We clicked on so many levels and all of a sudden, yeah, we're here recording a podcast episode already, right? It's just the beginning of something, you know? Yeah, no, for yep. sure. I, I knew right away when you and I had that conversation that you were definitely somebody I wanted to have on the podcast for our listeners here. We have a lot of former athletes and coaches listening to the Rebranded Athlete Podcast and you have such a wealth of knowledge and experience that you bring with you. So I'm excited to get started. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So let's hear a little bit about your background. How did you get into athletics? Was there any college experience, professional experience? We'll start from there. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> so as a kid, first and foremost, like I always enjoyed doing a lot of sports, let's say in elementary school, but never was involved into some type of organized sport. Like I didn't play soccer or I didn't play anything in elementary school other than having ballet classes once a week for one hour. And then when I got into high school, the physical education teacher came to me and she's like, you seem to be skilled in sports. You should try team handball. I was like, what is that? She's like, come and see. And then I did the tryouts and I got selected. Mm. So this is how I got started with playing handball. And eventually the year after I left ballet, I totally understood that Ooh, I was geared for contact sports. <laughs> Something way more exciting. <laughs> anyway, funny about that is I, I actually started with ballet as well. And it was you not too? Jam. Oh <laughs> no, it was my mom's lifelong dream for me to be a ballerina, but it was just not in the cards for me at all. <laughs> so you had to retire from like the ballerina type of yeah and you know what I you know, still I did it for 10 years even when I was playing yeah. sports and then it was yeah. like something's gotta give I definitely gotta hang up those ballet slippers and trade them in for my volleyball shoes <laughs> yeah I did I did ballet for 10 years too from 4 to 14 so at 14 my mom was like you keep missing those classes because I had tournaments in the weekends so I had to make a choice and it was an easy one to make so. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah Anyway, so go like in high school, I think I always had the competition, like competitive type of uh, personality, but I never really thought that I would play at a high level. I was doing my best with my team, but maybe after six or seven years after I got started, the national team coach came and approached me and said, I want you to come at one practice and see what it's like. I've been watching you play and I think you would be a great addition to the team. And at that period, I was studying like really hard to enter med school. And in my head, that was my priority and I didn't want anything else to come in the way. So I went to one practice just to try it out, but I choked literally after that. I was like, I'm not ready. Like I saw all those players who I wanted to become one day and then I was practicing with them. I was like, ooh, there's such a long way to go. I'm yeah. not that good yet and whatsoever. So I said no the first time that I went. I, at least I tried one practice. Yeah. But then the year after I had applied to med school, I was not accepted, but I was accepted in physical therapy. 
And then I heard Celine Dion uh, saying the power of the dream at the 96 Olympics. And that was it for me. I wow. heard her saying, and I was like, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe this is a sign, you know, why I wasn't accepted to med school, that I had something else to accomplish or something else to do. And I called my coach and I was like, if you still want me on the team, I'll be ready and I'll start in September. So I entered a physical therapy program full time as I entered like national wow. training. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I bet you were tired there (laughs) so three months after I collapsed I went to see my coach I was like I can't make this happen this is too hard and stuff and I was crying and I was like people keep telling me I'm missing out on my life dream of becoming like of having a great professional career and stuff and then my coach said there's always going to be people complaining and telling you what to do and all that stuff but they're not in your shoes and if you leave today then you're preventing yourself from experimenting so much self-growth and so many international competitions and meeting other people and just like pushing yourself to accomplishing a dream of yours and all that stuff. That's all it took. He was like, so practice starts in 15 minutes. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll go. Girl, all right, I'm ready. But yeah, way to not let, you know, the societal norms really get to you with that because a lot of people veer back to safety and what can be guaranteed as opposed to taking a risk and going out there. Imagine if you were where you are now and had never taken that risk and gone back and tried things. It just goes to show you that sometimes we have to push past our fear and go for things that we're called to do. Whatever it is, sometimes you get these ideas or for Celine Dion's song to come on and that's like the universe speaking to you. It's time. (laughs) Exactly. It's your turn. (laughs) Oh my God. And yes, and if I think about it, like today, many of my best experiences in life are tied to sports, like to competition or to the emotion of winning a very important game. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with a national team game could be my local team or it could be when I was playing in Denmark like those very important times where you felt that everyone gave their all and then we end up winning and then like the overflow of joy and accomplishment like those feelings there they are intense and they are great memories yeah definitely yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's and that's yeah. why I love, you know, the team aspect so much, you know. And even in my profession, I've always been driven towards that just because it's something that is greater than you. And as you express like those feelings and emotions that you get, it's really hard to replicate that anywhere else, but by being part of something that's bigger than you. And I also feel that, you know, when you're part of a team, you are part of a micro society. So you're not friends with anyone, everyone, obviously. Uh, They could be all your friends, your teammates, but maybe not. But all differences aside, focused on the same goal, everyone putting their strengths on the court. And this is this is magic happening, right? right? Yeah. Uh, so it's the same thing when you get in life, let's say you get a job or even when you work in business and you work with collaborators or you hire people or you work with contractors, you work with different personalities and everyone has their field of expertise, but they don't necessarily all have to be your friends. But at a certain point, like if there's a goal to be achieved, then yes, you have to reunite those strengths to be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish. So I feel that there are so many great life lessons that you learn when you go in sports, but also like when you go at this elite level, because it pushes you to to go beyond what you think is possible, Mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes you face a challenge or 
something comes up or you beat a competitor that you never thought you would have beaten. And right. then you're like, wait a minute, I was able to do that. And you never thought it was possible before. So Those are the so best. <laughs> I, I feel it's the same thing, you know, in business and you have to face it and front it and, and find a solution. And then you overcome it. You think about it and you're like, wow, I just went through that. And I never thought I would. Like if you asked me like 20 years ago, if I would have been in that position, I, I never thought I would have ever been able to have a coaching business, serving my clients, changing their lives like that. I never thought that possible. But now since I've done so many things, I know it's possible. So that is what also allows me to stretch a little bit more all the time and evolve and grow each and every single year. Yeah. I, and I think that's such a great realization for you to have. And I can see why working with your clients, especially if we can get people to start thinking in that manner sooner than later, especially athletes as they're leaving the game and trying to discover who they are. Like I was so lost. I know there's many other athletes out there too that Really, your sport becomes your purpose and your why. And without that, you think that you're not good at anything else and that you've already lived the best days or years of your life. And really, it's a small fraction of really what's to come. And I think that's the scary part for athletes is they walk away from the game thinking that's as good as life going to get. I'll get a job or whatever, but I'm never going to feel that greatness again. I'm never going to feel that being part of that team again. And actually... Mm -hmm. There's other opportunities that come later on in life that feel just as good, if not better than when you were an athlete, because now you're not just impacting the game, you're impacting other people's lives, you're doing it through businesses, you're helping organizations, whatever it is, you're able to tie that in now to something that's going to help impact and change the world, which yeah. that's so I'm so passionate about athletes. I'm an athlete. I know you are too. This is the wave of the future coming through. And if we can get athletes tapping into their expertise, like beautifully, like you do with your coaching program and getting them to bring something to the world that's going to help make an impact. Imagine what we can all do together. Oh, yeah, gosh, like that. <laughs> that's incredible. And then about these athletes, you know, the feeling that you have, let's say when you when you overcome a big challenge or when you win this game that was so important to you, of course, it's very intense as an emotion. And I feel that sometimes like the mistake is that we're still looking for that same kick, but I don't think it's possible to have the exact same thing because you're not playing that sport anymore. But I still feel that it's possible to get another type of kick or, you know, what's related to finding your purpose and knowing what your mission is on this planet and how you can transform other people's lives. Because there's nothing more fulfilling than when you see your client coming from point A to point B with your guidance or with your help and transforming their lives like completely having, and I'm not talking about necessarily the amount of money that they earn but how they change as a human being, right. how they're more confident, how they are changing other people's lives themselves too. One example I have in mind is that one of my clients, she said, even my kids told me I was happier. Even my kids yeah. told me I was more joyful and less depressed and my relationship with my husband changed. Or at work, let's say if they still have a job and they're transitioning like out of the job at work, well, I'm more patient. I know I have that purpose, so I'm not... I'm not like raging on everyone anymore because I know that in six months or in three months I'm leaving and it's fine with me. So it's just like witnessing these changes. It's, it's so fulfilling and it's possible, yes, for an athlete too, to find something 
outside of the sport that is still extremely fulfilling and life-changing, not only for them, but for the people that they serve. Yeah, absolutely. And, and being able to find your purpose, because I know even for me too, without within my career, like there were different points where I, I did love what I was doing, but it just, it didn't feel like this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. I knew I was making a difference and making an impact. And I think where athletes also get stuck sometimes is that we come with this like brilliant skill set that we've learned on the court field, whatever in our sport, that's not taught in a textbook. You can't get it in other experiences. And so we go out into the world and we're automatically leaders just because that's what we did in our respective sports. And so people tap into that and see that. And sometimes you can get backed into something and feel like you're stuck because maybe that job isn't serving you any longer, but maybe you're making good money or whatever it is. And then you, you know, become part of that process where you're not happy in whatever it is that you're doing because you're truly not tapped into what you are meant to do here you know, on this earth. And I don't know if you've had clients that have come to you in that manner, and hopefully you've helped to, to change them and, and get them going in a different direction on that too. The thing is that um, people have to understand and especially athletes have to understand that we're different. We're not meant to fit anywhere. And, I, and this is a battle I had like for so many years until I realized I'm different and it's okay to be different. In fact, it's an advantage and it's a uniqueness that allows me to stand out and help other people. So the whole idea of fitting in or having a job, being an athlete, having a job and feeling that, you know, you'll be like everyone else. I think it's impossible right. because for all these things that we have to fight for while we're there, first of all, you got to be selected. You have to work hard. You have to train and have that pain, those injuries, and you have to come back. Even sometimes when you have to make your way up until you want to crush that big dream of yours and you're going for it. There are so many sacrifices so when you get into, let's say, the normal workforce, do you feel, do you think that the majority of people would have experienced what you've experienced? No, not at all. Like you're already above average. So just the idea that you get in a job and you feel like you belong and you're like everyone else, it's, I feel it's impossible. So just being aware of that is, is a great first step. The other thing, we had that conversation also when we spoke last week, uh, you were in the uh, education system. Uh, I've been there too, and I was in the healthcare system. And when you're an overachiever or when you want change to happen and you're surrounded by people who don't necessarily have that same drive, then it's it becomes at a certain point frustrating yeah. because you want more than what the system is able to give you and change in any of these aspects take years. Just look at schools, how we're teaching our kids still today compared to 50 years ago. All these reasons. I mean, if athletes just start to understand that they're unique and they'll never be able to fit in and that's okay. In fact, that's a strength. Then it's a great start. <laughs> Yeah, no, it definitely is because then you get frustrated by society. It was like, I went to school, I got my degree, I should have this job and I should feel fulfilled and happy for the next 30 or 40 years. But I think we're not there anymore. And you talk about with the schools too, it, it is a slow game to have change really happen and take place for what the needs of our world are now. And that can definitely be frustrating because as athletes, we're problem solvers. That's what we do. And so yes. we see something is a problem. We know that we could change it 
it for the greater good of everybody and you can't do it. And that's the most frustrating thing. <laughs> Definitely. I yeah. don't get that. Oh, God. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> so how how did it evolve? So I know you touched on your education and the healthcare system and everything. So how did that evolve to you finally tapping in and knowing that coaching was going to be the right route for you to go or even tapping into your purpose? Yeah. In fact, like it was no straight line. I tried so many things because the thing is that I'm, I was curious and I'm still curious about many things. So I was touching different things. So after I worked like many years as an employee, as a physical therapist, then I switched into becoming a consultant and that led me to create my healthcare agency. So I had a few therapists working for me and I was placing them in establishments in need for these therapies. And at the same time, because I'm very creative and I felt like it was missing in my life. I, I started a home staging business. So I got my certification and then I worked as a home stager and that led me to co-create a TV show on decoration. So yeah. it aired for three years over here. I also like when I had that experience, I was like, oh, media is so interesting. So I went to media school and learned television hosting and radio hosting. So I did a little nice. bit of radio hosting after that. And I discovered the online world along the way. And I was like, oh my God, like this online market thing to me was very, not very concrete at the time. It was kind of like, yeah, blurish, but I learned a lot. Like I met a lot of people. I bought a lot of programs. Gosh. <laughs> I also had my first podcast was uh, marketing to crush your competitors, where I interviewed so many people from the online world, a ton of influencers. So I met a ton of people, learned a ton of stuff. And then along the way with me evolving and learning and being coached by several people, I realized that, yeah, I was meant to coach and that I was always someone like that. But it's just like putting like the the putting a name on what I wanted to do was exactly it. And also I had a huge problem with imposter syndrome for so many years. The thing when I left sport, uh, you know, when you perform at a certain level in a sport, you have that confidence inside of your sport, but then you have to bring that same confidence outside of it, which right. was to me impossible. As as much as I was confident when I was on a handball court, like when I was in my business shoes, when I got started, it was horrible. I, I didn't believe I could sell anything or I could help anyone. Yeah. <laughs> like who's going to pay me? Like yeah. what do we know? <laughs> I, <laughs> I know I, that's such a great analogy. I can totally relate to that too, because we have such confidence in other things that we do. And then we venture into something else. And I think it's because we compare ourselves. We need to be on that same elite level from the beginning <laughs> and you're yeah, an novice, exactly. you're a beginner and you just have to reel into it. <laughs> but the thing is we're a novice, let's see, in the business side of things, but not with everything that we know, right? everything that you learned along the way right. or your education or your experience, like all of that are skill sets that you already have and that you could help people with right now today. But it's just like that mindset shift that wasn't there. I'm sure all those well, classes you took paid off for it too. The media classes that you did for podcasting, your own YouTube channel, everything you have. That's awesome. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I feel, and I took these classes after I did the TV show. So when I was on the TV set, I remember the producer was extremely patient because we were two hosts, like two beginners. Like we'd never had done anything related to media before. And we got great training on set. So I learned like everything while I was there with the producer and looking at the camera, smiling and all that stuff. All those things you don't know when you get started. So that 
that experience actually made me realize how much I love to, I knew I, I love to teach because I'm also a teacher, but, but I didn't know that I would love also to do it like in that way with my live streams or my YouTube channel or just like being on interviews. So yeah, it was a great experience for that. It made me realize that I was meant to be doing something like that. Yeah, that's great. So what one piece of advice would you have for a former athlete that's trying to figure out their purpose? Like where should they even start? What would be the one place that you would recommend for them? I would tell them to start within themselves. Like just sit down and think about, first of all, list all the wins that they've had and also all the strengths that they have within themselves right now. Because for some reason, when someone gets out of sport, sometimes they feel like they didn't get enough out of that experience or out of the degree they had. They need to go back to school. They need to study this and that. But what do you have within you right now that you could actually help people with? And these people would be willing to pay money for you, for your services. A lot of times, because today with social media, a lot of athletes have already great followings and people who are fond of them and following them and being inspired by them. Even right. if, let's say, an athlete after sport decided to offer their services for one specific thing, with the amount of people following them already, it would be an, a great advantage for them to actually be able to have their first clients pretty quickly compared to someone who's a no-name and who has to right. you know, market themselves and talk to so many people before things get started for them. So yeah, my, my advice, my first advice would be look within yourself. What do you have right now that could definitely help others and what you can offer to all these people that you know? Yeah, that's definitely a great place to start. Great wisdom there for anybody, really. <laughs> you know, but I think it's definitely the cherry on top, being an athlete and already having that behind you as well. Before we wrap up here too, I, where can our listeners find you? And if you want to talk a little bit about the coaching program you have in case we have any listeners that are interested in getting started with that. Yeah, so you can find me at FabienneRaphael.com. That's my website. And for those of you interested into diving into building your coaching business, FabienneRaphael.com forward slash coaching. So what I do when I work with people, I take them through my winning framework, the dream method. And within that time that we work together, I help them each of the letters, they mean something. So the D is for designing your dream offer. So making sure that what you design as a service is something that people want to pay for. The, the R is to reinforce your sales skills. So as I said at the like a few minutes ago, when I got started, it was very hard for me to sell anything because I didn't have that confidence and I didn't know. So I'm helping my clients reinforce their sales skills so they could transform their leads to clients working with them and paying them for their services. The E is enhance the know, like, and trust factor because we all know that we buy from people we know. If we have no idea who we're dealing with, the chances to do with business with them is very low. The A is to add more clients to your business with your personalized marketing strategy. And I don't believe in cookie cutter strategies. I hate when I read marketers saying, well, do as I do and you'll get the same results because we're all different. And I, I said that earlier also, like you have many strengths within you. And the way you show up to the world is not the same way I show up to the world. So it's just a matter of finding where your strong sides are and push that forward in your marketing. 
And then the M is for uh, make your clients your forever fans. So as soon as you work with people, you over deliver and you give them great results. And sometimes the, the mistake that people do is that, okay, when their clients are gone, they think they're gone forever and there's no way for them to support them again. When you have great retention is your, in your business, it's the best form of marketing because it doesn't cost anything. And in fact, when you deliver great results for your clients, most of the time they're coming back, they'll call you again and be like, what can you offer me? Or I'm dealing with this. Can you help me overcome that challenge? So I help also my clients think ahead of the curve and see how they can support their clients in different levels of their evolution. So yeah, that's how I work with my clients. Awesome. Yeah, definitely great stuff there, you guys. Make sure you go and check out her stuff. Are you also on Instagram as well? I'm on Instagram. Yes. So I'm, I'm on YouTube, on Instagram and LinkedIn, Facebook. Perfect. Yeah. And we'll put all those links and stuff in the show notes for you guys, but Fabian, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, definitely some great wisdom and advice for our listeners today. And I look forward to continuing our endeavors together. And I'm so glad that we connected this year. It's just really great. I can't wait to see what you're going to be up to here soon with everything you got going on as well. <laughs> Yeah, same for me here. And what a great way to start this year, 2022. It's a great time to be alive right now. <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Rebranded Athlete Podcast. Take care.